Welcome, everybody. It is time to go over the Royal Rumble 2022. So let's get right in here on Tap Out Talk. I want to talk first overall just about how the Royal Rumble really came about tonight. So we first get off and we go through the Universal Championship match. They decided to start off with Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns. My expectations for this match was it was going to be a good match because these guys have history, they have chemistry, the story is there and it already kind of writes itself, but I wanted to see what they would do as far as going with the evolution of the story to the next phase, and it did not disappoint me tonight with this phase. Um, Roman was out first, just to give you guys the breakdown, and he came out, and at this point I was like, ooh, that's odd, the champion came out first, why is that? That's kind of rare. I know... Uh, per the rules, it's always like it's up to the champion whether they want to come out first or second. But ultimately, the reason we find out then is Seth Rollins comes out to the Shield music and also the Shield ring gear and through the crowd. I'm not going to lie. I geeked out when this happened tonight and it just had this overall feel and you could see it was wearing on Roman with a little bit of a mental game that Seth Rollins had a mental advantage over Roman Reigns. Um, at this point in his career, we know that Roman is the more dominant you know, player in this matchup. However, what we did find out is that the architect stayed true to his nickname, the architect Seth frickin' Rollins. And what happened is he started to play a mental mind game that was working on Roman from the beginning. Okay, so then what happens is um, we've gotten basically a one-man shield powerbomb through the commentary table. So once this match starts out, they go back and forth, and they just really battle it out, right? And at this point, you see Roman frustrated. They get to the outside, and then actually Seth ends up putting Roman through um, basically a powerbomb through the commentary table. So this overall, they've kind of went back and forth through the night. It was a great pacing, great energy. Um, I'm so glad that, again, this event had a crowd. You know, that's going to, it made such a huge difference for the night. Um, it's so nice to have an audience back, and it's nice to have pyro, and it's nice to have these big feel events with the Royal Rumble, right? So we get then eventually into, you know, the rest of the match, and it's just back and forth, back and forth. And these guys had a really good back and forth paced match. They told a mental mind game. And what I like about this is, Roman Reigns has been built up so much by the WWE to this unstoppable force or God mode as he explained it, right? And but what we found out tonight was even Superman has kryptonite. And that kryptonite for him is none other than his old partner, Seth Rollins. And he still has some resentment about how Seth Rollins turned his back and, you know, betrayed the shield and basically use that chair to smack Roman in the back, right? So, you know, they're basically battle back and forth, and then we get a spear, um, a lots of spears by Roman, and then it gets countered into, later on, into a pedigree uh, from Rollins, and it was really nice, and it was really like the best of Rollins played from his past. I mean, we've seen the Falcon Arrow, we've seen all these great moves from Rollins, and I, I felt like Rollins really tapped into not just the shield tonight, but his shield character and his shield moveset, right? Um, just to play this mental mind game on Roman. So what happens is then uh, Roman realizes he can't beat Seth Rollins, and so he has to actually evolve himself in the match, and he evolves his character to a submission. Okay, So Roman actually locks in um, what is basically a guillotine chokehold, Okay, more of an MMA-style move, which I feel will set up a little bit of a future with Brock Lesnar. We'll get to that later. But what basically that is, is that's showing that Roman has a bit of an MMA style to him, and he's got to evolve himself as a character, and I think it's a smart you know, thought there. Um, so basically what happens is, just as Roman or has that lock on, Seth Rollins is about to pass out, and he ends up passing out from the move. Referee Charles Robinson grabs Seth's arm and goes for the dead count, and he brings it up, and then actually Seth's arm moves to the ropes in a real smooth move. And it made me question, and I was like, ooh, was that kind of the referee's fault that it, his hand ended up on the ropes, or was it more really Seth Rollins? So I thought that was a nice play there. And then all of a sudden, um, they call for the break in the count, and Roman won't let go of the hold, and he's basically snapped mentally. 
and they actually call for a disqualification. And basically, this is going to be, you know, one of those nights where anything's possible. And you kind of realize that. Um, so what basically happens is Roman does not let go of this hold. He still has the guillotine choke. Robinson's like, knock it off, it's over. He disqualified him, right? So Seth wins, but not the title per the champion's advantage. And then ultimately, what we see is Roman is snapped, and he is not letting go of this hold. And the referee says, let go. And Roman says, he won't let me go. He won't ever let me let go of this, you know. And he's really kind of went bad. So then at this point, Roman, after the match is done, he then beats Seth down with a chair after the match. And they had a really good moment where um, Seth was up. Roman went and got a chair. And it was very much with Seth with his back turned. And it was very shield-like. But this time, Roman was the one hitting Seth with the chair. And Roman just snaps. And he beats him down with a chair and beats him down and beats him down so much. I mean, that chair um, was the real victim in this whole match, right? Um, the top of the chair was busted. Roman did a major number on Seth Rollins tonight. Um, I haven't seen a chair beat down like this in so long. So he beats him down after the match over and over and over. And then basically, I think this means that they could have a rematch at Elimination Chamber um, and drag this out a little bit more, but also... You know, I think we're going to eventually get to Reigns versus Lesnar um, if nothing really happens anymore with Seth. But I feel like there's some unfinished business here because Seth really got the raw end of this. But what this match did tonight and why I like it is not just it was a good match in wrestling, but it was a good match in storytelling and psychology. And it would actually carry out through the theme of the night. And Seth um, actually showed that Roman Reigns has a weakness. And that weakness is his mental strength and I love that aspect because we are going to get to a point where we're going to have to find a Roman Reigns weakness if somebody's ever going to dethrone him as the top of the hill of the WWE so we're going to have to kind of keep going throughout the show but one thing we did learn in a takeaway tonight is Roman Reigns has a mental weakness and Seth has his number which this is how great rivalries are created and I feel like this is the WWE's way of creating a great long-term rivalry between these two for years to come. For every Bret Hart, there needs to be a Shawn Michaels. For every Hogan, there needs to be a Piper. For every Roman Reigns, there needs to be a Seth frickin' Rollins. From here, we go on to a next match. We go on to the Women's Rumble match. So let me break this down for you. I want to give you my overall thoughts. So this match had an amazing blend of legends, current superstars, and future superstars, okay? So the talent was a nice blend in this match. It was really well done. And what I liked and appreciated the most was the current or the legend superstars, the legendary women's superstars, did not overshadow the current superstars. The WWE, in my opinion, did a great job tonight building up the current women to look stronger. And they used... Quick eliminations with some of the legends that were just there trying to get excitement in this. That's what the Royal Rumble's about is a you know mix of the past and current. But they got rid of those ones with younger superstars quicker. You know, girls like Kelly Kelly and Michelle McCool hung in there a little bit, but then eventually got eliminated, right? Um, but you felt like the legends actually helped the younger ones get over a little bit in the current superstars. So just to break this down for you guys, we have entry number one was Sasha Banks, followed by entry number two was Melina. Melina was gone within just a few seconds, and Banks then does the split post just to taunt her inside the ring. So um, I appreciated, of course, Sasha come out in a Sailor Moon type outfit, probably inspired by the anime show. But Melina came out and she got a little emotional and teary-eyed. And Sasha, um, you know, it's been a while, and this is probably real, you know, very surreal for her. Sasha did a good job pulling her back out of that and back into the work in the match. So I thought it was really nicely done by that. Um, you know, my heart kind of went out to Melina a little bit because, you know, I, I bet this meant, you know, quite a bit for her because you can get the impression when you talk to Melina, she's the type of talent that loves her fans and loves her work. So at number three, out comes Tamina. And then number four is Kelly Kelly, right? Um, Tamina's looking like Tamina. We all know that. Kelly Kelly uh, looks completely different than what we've actually seen. I actually, you know, it actually threw me off because if they didn't play her music and say her name, she is nothing like what she used to look like, right? Um, but ugh, Kelly Kelly is off to a good start with that terrible Hurricane Rada spin and all. And then Kelly is out 
uh, pretty quickly via Sasha Banks. So she's gone, right? So this is an example I was mentioning where Kelly Kelly did, you know, help, you know, show up, you know, over and put over Sasha in this situation. So at this point, um, we got, we're at number five now and it's Aaliyah. Okay. So who's one of the younger up and coming stars. Number six is Liv Morgan. And tell you what, Liv is got the crowd. And if they fire right at the right time with this talent, Liv could be a star in the women's division. Out at number seven is Queens Lena Vega. Um, very talented, of course, but um, I just don't know where they'll go with her in the future. So then Sasha is actually eliminated from the match, and it was crazy. And that was kind of a shock moment for me because I thought Sasha was a real contender in this match at this point. Um, so she's out via Selena Vega, and the crowd's not liking that one bit, and they definitely let people know it. So they definitely you know, drew some you know, heat there. Um, number eight goes off in the countdown, and it's Bianca Belair, right? The main event and the winner of last year's Royal Rumble for the women. Um, so then Aaliyah's doing some kicks in the corner, t- you know, throughout most of the countdown. It was a nice, you know, touch that you know, most people probably might not even see. So at that point then, Dana Brooke comes out with Reggie. And, you know, Dana Brooke has, um, you know, she's evolved her look over the years, and I gotta be honest, I'm surprised she's still with the WWE at this point, but, you know, good for her for hanging in there and finding a way to avoid these maths layoffs. So, um, number 10 is Michelle McCool. That's probably why The Undertaker was, you know, rumored to be in St. Louis tonight. So, Michelle McCool um, did a good job tonight, really just playing that role part. Um, She lasted a lot longer than I expected, but that's what you get when you're married to the Phenom. Dana Brooke is saved from elimination when Reggie catches her initially. So that was far from, you know, the best saves that we've seen, but still something. I'm, um, she was gone pretty quick, though, after that. And there she goes. She was gone, right? Um, so at number 11 came Sonya Deville, who keeps her jacket on and joins the commentary team instead of the ring. Um, this Sonya Deville thing is obviously just meant to build up a match with her and Naomi. Um, Sonya Deville as a general manager, I just don't know how I feel about it. I know they need to do something with her, so I guess... I'll give WWE credit for actually not just burying her, but I really, you know, the, the general manager thing's kind of wearing old on it. But she comes out, but instead she just sits with the commentary team and says that she can go in whenever she does wants to because she makes the rules. Number 12 is Natalia. You know, I feel like the WWE always misses with Natalia, and unfortunately she's now the trainer of these young and up-and-coming women, basically, right? And, you know, she's missed her true WrestleMania moment prime time, so... Um, it's a shame because Natalia's, you know, an amazing talent and a dynasty, right, and a legacy. So Tamina is actually eliminated by Natalia. And then at number 13, out comes the former Funkadactyl, Cameron. And then Cameron comes out, and Sonya Deville is on commentary, and she finds out through commentary that that is somebody that means a lot to Naomi, and they're really good friends, and Sonya says, well, you know what, would that make Naomi mad if somebody took her out and then she dropped her mic, got in the ring, and purposely went out of her way to take out Naomi's friend? And then right after that at number 14 is Naomi. Naomi comes out and then she actually takes out Sonya Deville pretty fairly quickly and easily. So number 15 um, is actually Carmella, who really doesn't enter the ring and she just goes and hangs out by Corey Graves, you know, because they're dating, right, from my understanding in real life. And so she just goes and kind of gives him some googly eyes and talks to him for a while. Number 16 is Rhea Ripley. And then there's got to be the big man run here, the big woman run here, right? As far as the beast, right? The dominant one. Uh, Ripley brings Carmella into the ring and yanks her and throws her in there. She's ganged up on. And then she tosses out both Carmella and Vega at the same time. I like Rhea Ripley. She's been brought along the right way. I respect how she, you know, completely changed her look to get back to the WWE after not doing so well in the May Young Classic. And just, I feel like she's the real deal and the worker and brings a unique brand to this uh, WWE landscape. Number 17 is Charlotte Flair. And, you know, she's always like the rival of Ripley. What we basically see is she goes in and they immediately kind of just go at it and back and forth. Um, Aaliyah at this point is eliminated by Charlotte Flair. Naomi catches herself from an elimination, but before she catches herself, Sonya Deville actually uh, gets towards the apron and pulls 
her basically out of the ring and eliminates Naomi. So that, you know, is going to start the continue the feud between those two. Number 18, I love this surprise entrant. It was none other than the right to censor mode, and it was Ivory coming out. Um, they gave her a microphone, so I knew something was going on. And she talks about how there are nothing but little girls in the ring, and they're more worried about their social media followers than taking care of their families. Ripley basically casually picks her up and puts her over the rope and then knocks her out and eliminates her. I love this spot with Ivory. Um, I feel like the right to censor concept could work in today's modern society the way we kind of are as a society and i think you know it's just easy heel heat to get and i feel like we could really use that kind of character in today so maybe we can pass that gimmick along a little bit or ivory can maybe just mentor somebody for a little bit um to be that next person that's kind of that annoying heel so at this point number 19 we get brie bella so it's brie mode playing she does the yes chance and they're so over the crowd is just you know doing it like we always know so that's huge. And then number 20 is none other than Mickey James, who is the Impact um, Women's Champion uh, over on TNA Impact Wrestling. And Mickey James is wearing her title belt, and she comes out to the music Hardcore Country and that theme. So good job to the WWE for opening that door today and giving us a nice little pop and letting a champion bring another belt from another company into the rumble. I highly applaud the WWE for making this work. This is how you promote wrestling and not just the entertainment side of it, but you all promote wrestling. You promote the industry. And again, impact wrestling is not a threat to the WWE. They will never touch what the WWE has done. So it's you know safe to do little things like that, especially when the fans know them in the WWE universe. So at this point, Michelle McCool is eliminated by Mickey James, but it looks like they might have been a little bit of a botch, but nothing big. At 21, Alicia Fox is coming out, you know, looking just as ever. Um, and then at that point, we got Nikki A.S.H. or Nikki Ash, right? The superhero gimmick. Again, I'm not big on it. Um, I feel it's a bit of a Molly Holly ripoff, you know, but or Hurricane in that case. Um, 23 is Summer Rae, who is fired up and goes straight for Natty for some reason. Summer Rae is eliminated by Natalia, and even Charlotte looks at Summer Rae and blows her a kiss and waves her by. So um, I know that those two have a history of not really caring for each other, if you've seen that on the Total Divas show. Um, <clears throat> so basically, I see Charlotte is also, you know, Summer Rae is probably not like. Summer Rae looked, um, I don't want to say, she looked a little rough tonight. She looked like she had some extreme cosmetic work done and i don't know if she had like a botox botch that happened on her or what but and she just looks completely different um and i'm you know kind of concerned honestly so at this point 24 it's nikki bella so team bella reforms for a brief moment until alicia fox is eliminated by nikki bella and at 25 we get sarah logan who we haven't seen for years you know with the the riot squad uh logan is eliminated by the bella twins and then we get Liv Morgan, who's eliminated by Brie Bella. So, um, you know, the fans weren't too happy about that one either. But, you know, again, Liv has had a very good run, and I feel like she could still have a career there. Number 26, great pop from the crowd. It's Lita out at 26. And then Mickey James is out via Lita. Now, some people are going to complain about this, and they're going to say Mickey James was not used well. I feel for being a another promotions champion. Coming in, they let her wear the title. They let her promote herself. I feel they let her get an elimination. And then they let her get eliminated in a good contest with Lita. I feel like the WWE did Mickey James a good solid tonight. And I feel like it was done well. I don't feel like it was classless or anything. And, um, you know, it might have been a little short. It would have been cool to see Mickey in the final four. Um, and then just eventually get removed. Um, you know, you aren't going to let her win this. But ultimately, you know, I don't think it was bad. I think they could have done it a little bit stronger, but not horrible. Number 27, we get Mighty Molly. Mighty Molly Holly, who gets jumped by Nikki Ash even before she hits the ring. Mighty Molly is eliminated by the new superhero, Nikki Ash. And it was a great call. I immediately started saying, supervillain, supervillain. And I just kind of looked at Nikki Ash as a supervillain at that point. Number 28 is none other than former UFC and champion and WWE competitor Ronda Rousey at 28. And, you know, the rumors were going around about this, but this one is interesting to me because, one, I 
I can't help but like Rousey. I've always liked her. I respect her work, but she's kind of a difficult person, right? Like, and so when you see her, um, you know, and she comes out and, you know, the crowd's loving it. And ultimately you're thinking, uh-oh, she's going to end up winning this whole thing. The WWE is not going to bring her back. And I do want to know how she's perceived by the women in the locker room. She said a lot of stuff in the last year about the women's locker room and how she was just playing wrestling. And um, so, you know, I, I hate when talent comes in like this and they don't respect the business. And Ronda Rousey does not respect this business, right? She's obviously doing this to be famous and a paycheck. But ultimately... Um, one thing we'll talk about, Nikki Ash is then eliminated by Rousey. Nikki Bella is eliminated by Brie Bella in a brief, you know, kind of moment where she knocks out her own sister. 29 comes out Shotzi Blackheart. Brie Bella is then eliminated by Ronda Rousey. Number 30 is Shayna Baszler. Great. We are going to see Shayna and Rousey together in the ring and they're smiling at each other and they know they got a partner and a best friend there. Shotzi is eliminated by Ronda Rousey. And then we get Natalia eliminated by Bianca Belair. Lita is eliminated by Charlotte Flair. And then Rhea Ripley, believe it or not, is eliminated by Charlotte Flair of all of her rivals, right? We are now at Shayna Baszler and Bianca Belair being eliminated by Charlotte Flair. So that leaves us down to Flair and Rousey. And man, this Seeing these two in the ring, this is the wrestling main event I've said years ago that needs to happen. Just the name recognition alone, Flair versus Rousey. You're going to get UFC fans right name recognition. You're going to get wrestling legends name recognition. You don't even have to put Ronda and Charlotte on front of those names. You put Flair versus Rousey and people are going to casually buy into this idea, right? So ultimately what happens is Charlotte Flair is eliminated by Ronda Rousey, who Basically, I believe we'll go on to WrestleMania, of course, and she will probably challenge, you know, none other than Charlotte. Now, I find it funny, a little uh, buddy of mine online, he actually pointed out, Nick, he said, you know, did you guys notice as she left, the crowd was cheering her and she goes, oh, now you guys like me, whatever, you know, basically kind of fluffed off the crowd. And that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, right? Um, again, not respecting the business, not respecting the fans, Um Ronda is just, you know, kind of bad in that sense. So this was another great match. I enjoyed the work they put in. They did a really good job, like I said, blending these legends with these younger talents. And at the end of the day, the right person won. It was Ronda Rousey. We are now going to get Flair versus Rousey at WrestleMania. And we were supposed to have that years ago, but Becky Lynch's fandom just really took over. And that made it a triple threat for the first ever women to main event of true WrestleMania in one night, right? So let's go on to next thing here. Before we do, just real quick, if you guys can like, um, share, or subscribe, either one helps out my channel. The like really helps on this video. So, you know, definitely I appreciate all the support from you guys each and every week. Let's jump into the next match. Okay, so this match was Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop. So I have to seriously question this match being on this card. Now, I understand what this is here for. It's here as a cool-down match because you had two amazing matches in the opening. So you need to cool the crowd down before you get to some other big matches, right? That way they don't, you know, they help you transition is what they do, basically. So as expected, the crowd is dead for this, right? We get it. Doe do drop. A do drop is so, she's so, you know, green right and she's just not on the same level as a becky lynch right and we did not care about this match this should be a monday night raw match not a pay-per-view match right but it's in a spot that they knew that people would be need a breather and they're a little tired so they got to run the bathroom get some food the match itself hasn't been really anything and it it was really rough to follow to be honest with you guys right we get it dewdrop is big she's powerful Ooh, how is becky going to overcome this right um, there wasn't much to say on this one. And then apparently the WrestleMania sign during the match started melting and dripping down onto the people into the crowds because of Ronda Rousey's pyros from the previous match. The sign actually caught fire twice, I heard. And so it actually, they had to evacuate that part of the arena and get people removed during the match. I will say as a professional, you seen Becky kind of staring up at it and kind of wondering, is the place going to burn down, right? You didn't see the sign 
Uh, we found that out later on online. But you see Becky talking to the referee, and she then talks to Dewdrop, and you know she just goes, "Just go with it. Just go with it. Let's just keep going." And then Becky tries to use it to her advantage in the match, as the crowd is clearly distracted by this, and they're more interested in that than their match. And Becky yells to the crowd. She goes, "Yeah, that sign's on fire because I'm on fire." That's why, you know, I made that happen, right? So she tries to use a un, you know, rough situation to her advantage, which is, you know, why Becky is one of the best, you know, the WWE currently offers as far as the women's talent. Um, so here's where it really is rough. So, okay, there's a manhandle slam from the ropes to get the win for Becky Lynch. Um, you know, I'm still curious why they went this direction with this match. And, you know, you know, as these challengers for these championships, but whatever. Um, what I really see is this match actually, I believe, hurt Becky Lynch more than it helped her. It's meant to, you know, have Becky Lynch kind of roll through these challengers. Last month, there was a really good match with Liv Morgan that I think helped Liv Morgan, but it helped Becky as well. This match actually hurt Becky, in my opinion, because what you have that happened tonight is Becky shown that she is not good enough to carry a less talented wrestler. Okay, so I want to give you guys this example. Shawn Michaels used to be able to, you know, they always say used to be able to have a wrestling match with a broomstick and would make it look amazing, right? Um, Eddie Guerrero had a potential to do that too. He had that ability. Um, the great ones know how to make uh, their partners look good, even if they're not as talented, okay? And unfortunately, these two were on such different playing fields. Becky is a good champion and a good competitor. But what I learned tonight was she's not good at carrying somebody else who is clearly well, well under her league and level. And so, you know, that's something maybe on her career development side. But I was a little disappointed with her ability to not carry somebody as the face of a company and a champion. That's something she's going to have to learn and grow into. Um, I think she does her best. So I don't want you guys like, you know, ripping on Becky too much. Right. But I just think it's a world she's not used to because she's always had Sasha Banks or Bailey or Charlotte Flair. She's always had pretty good dance partners to dance with. And when you take the wrong dance partner to the dance, it's going to really rough. And that's what this match was. And I, nobody cared about it. Uh, it shouldn't have been on a pay-per-view. It should have, I even challenged the idea that it should have maybe even been on a raw, but you know what? I want to keep ranting about it. Let's move on to this next matchup. And my most anticipated match of the night was none other than MMA versus MMA, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, okay? Brock Lesnar had Paul Heyman. Bobby Lashley had MVP as his manager. I was excited about this match, the buildup and the video packages, okay? I mean, that's, that, that's just the icing on the cake for this one. That package is why the WWE is the best in the business at what they do with these buildups, right? Um, they can get me excited about almost anything when they focus and they do a good job with it. Bobby Lashley's been wanting this match for almost 20 years. He actually had in his contract that this match would happen with his current WWE run. And I felt like this was going to be a real chance for Bobby Lashley to show and prove why he is a dominant player in this industry. And I was really seeing Bobby Lashley win this title tonight and be dominant with Brock Lesnar. Here's what we got, guys. I got a little lackluster, and I think my problem is is maybe I put too much into this match because I viewed this match as a WrestleMania caliber match, right? And what we got was a typical, you know, Brock Lesnar type style match, right? The the two lock up early. They're given, you know, and they give away to the first German suplex, which is by Lesnar on Lashley. Lashley then answered with a suplex of his own. And then followed up with a couple spears to get out, you know, ahead on the champ. So I was like, okay, they're going to make this a nice back and forth of powerhouses. But then there was an attempted spear through a barricade later on the outside that failed. And it gave Lesnar the advantage because Lashley just went right through the barricade, right? That was a brutal spot move. And then that's where he took over and he started just counting suplexes. And I forget what he ended up getting up to, right? I think Brock did like five more suplexes at uh, Lashley. It became Suplex City all over again, what we usually see in a normal Brock Lesnar match. Um, so then there was a point where Bobby Lashley gets the hurt lock on Brock when he reverses one of those suplexes. Um, Lesnar then got out, and he hit the F5, and he couldn't believe there was no referee to count the fall because poor referee got bumped in the corner, and he tried to get back up, and then he got smacked in the head and kicked in the head by Lashley as Lesnar was you know carrying him. 
So he basically then, you know, was kind of rolled out to the outside. So because he got blasted uh, during the set F5, basically that's when Roman showed up and he hit the spear. Basically, he hit Lesnar with the spear. So the referee's knocked down, okay? Um, if you guys want a little inside info, I mean, I don't, you know, the secrets are all out there now, right? So uh, basically, there is a rule in the production always when, you know, you get knocked out as a referee, you're supposed to stay down and wait for the next referee to always come out if there's a finish that's needed, right? And so that's what happened here. Um, sometimes it's a curse to know that stuff. So, you know, sometimes suspension of disbelief in these things are great. But, hey, we're wrestling fans. We like all aspects of the industry, right? So at that point, um, Roman comes in the ring. He hits Lesnar with a spear. And Roman's still looking messed up from that Seth Rollins match. He actually has a quite a shiner up by on his right eye. And then he's just looking like he's still crazy and talking to himself like, you know, he basically got broken. He hits Lesnar with a spear. He looked to Paul Heyman. He held out his hand for the WWE Championship that Paul Heyman is clutching. Heyman handed it over to him. Reigns put it on Lesnar and he smacked him with the championship. And a referee reappeared just in time down the aisle to count Lesnar and give Lashley the victory. So Lashley gets the pin. Uh, as Roman walks out of the ring, he slams the title down and almost mocks the WWE title and says, whatever, that's a piece of junk, and throws it off to the side, right? And at that point, Heyman walks alongside his tribal chief with, as Lesnar was left in the ring on his back with no manager and no title and nobody around him to support him. Lashley celebrated with his title, and he walked out with MVP as the new WWE champion. Um, guys, the match was a little lackluster. Here's what I would have liked to seen in the match. I would have liked to seen a actual, more of an MMA style match. Okay, not just Suplex City and normal. I wanted to see some takedowns. I wanted to see some ground and pound action. I wanted to see a little bit of an MMA fight between these two guys to really give me something that they can use and that these guys are both so capable and successful in, right? And so I wanted to see wrestling, I wanted to see takedowns, I wanted to see a lot of technical aspects, along with some big man power moves. And we just got the big man power move suplex sets, right? So they let me down a little bit with this match. Um, the storytelling was great with Roman, because we know we want to get to Roman versus uh, Lesnar for Mania. That's where you know this whole thing was supposed to go, right? And we now know that Paul was in cahoots with Roman once again. So... Uh, not a terrible match, but I mean, I don't know. Let me get, let me know what you guys really thought of the Lesnar match. Um, I might be too critical on it, or maybe I just got my hopes up too high. I'm willing to admit if I expected way too much from this match, I'm willing to admit that. But the reality is, is you have an, a, a fan dream match here, and I just don't think you took advantage of what all these two guys have to offer, especially Bobby Lashley. And this match actually made Bobby Lashley look weak, and it kind of annoys me a little bit because... Bobby Lashley is one of the strongest main eventers that you also have. And you took his title and threw it away like it was weak and nothing. And it was the uh, prize in the Cracker Jack box. So let me know what you guys think. Let's go to our next match. Okay, the next match was the mixed tag match with Edge and Beth Phoenix versus The Miz and Maurice. So they are calling this Team Grit versus Team It. Right? So basically, I think we're all expecting this to be kind of a you know mixed tag standard match. Um, and it's lived up to its potential, basically. There isn't much to it other than the heels playing the heels and, you know, the faces playing the faces. Um, quality match overall. There was a good back and forth. A lot of this was Maurice being scared of Beth and then the Miz kind of, you know, trying to get under the skin of everybody involved except for his wife. He was very, you know, chauvinistic and he was very protective also of his wife. Um, so basically at this point, Beth, you know, is going to humiliate the Miz, and that was supposed to be a guarantee in the match, right? Uh, fast forward a few minutes, you know, and then what we have is that we have Beth stomping on the Miz in the corner, um, and then of course Maurice eventually later on nails Beth with a purse with a brick in it, and you know Beth kicks out twice. The crowd doesn't stop. There's more back and forth action between these couples, and a lot of just yakking and talking to and yelling at each other, which I didn't mind because that's part of this story build. Um, Maurice at one point breaks a nail and she looks completely horrified. Um, she kind of then just does her pose on the outside of the ring randomly in the middle of the match. I'm not sure what 
that was kind of meant for. Um, I know she was kind of pandering to the crowd a little bit. Um, so that was, you know, kind of odd. But surprised by, I was really surprised by the Hurricane Rada from the top rope by Maurice on Edge. And an Edge, I want to applaud, did a very good job of protecting her in this move and really helping her, you know, pull this move off. Um, but Maurice did a really good job with that, and Edge did a good job as a partner there. Edge kicks out of a skull-crushing finale later on, and then there is a double spear from Edge and Beth after Miz and Maurice try to do a double skull-crushing finale. So they had a double spear on, on them, and then basically there's a double glam slam on Miz and Maurice from each of their competitors for the one, two, three, and the win. So I feel like this... Feud, it did its job. I do feel like it belonged on a show like this as an in-between cooldown before the next event. And, you know, you got some star power in here. You got, you know, Edge and Miz, and there's some good star power in this matchup, and there's some good wrestlers who know how to wrestle and how to tell a story, and they told a mixed tag match story. These matches are hard to book because a mixed tag match isn't really a tag team match because you have to have guys with guys, girls with girls, right, with a casual little mix-up. But... I feel like, yeah, it served the purpose of last month that was set up with Beth Phoenix coming back. They got their revenge match. You know, Phoenix and Edge win this match, and now they can all go on to something different, and that is the end of this feud. So let's move ahead. All right, then we get to the Men's Royal Rumble. So this match... Um, I was very excited for because the women's match was so good earlier. So just to give you guys the review of the night, we've had an amazing, amazing Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins mental mind game, right? We had a really good women's rumble match with a surprise return of Ronda Rousey. We then had, you know, the women's championship match is very skippable. And then we had the Bobby Lashley match that wasn't really a match, but more of a story to continue the Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match. Now, this men's Royal Rumble match also helped continue some more stories that throughout the night that they've been trying to focus on. So we're going to go through the men's Rumble match. And I'm going to be honest, it was a little disappointing this year. Um, and it made me realize there was not a good blend. There basically was not a good blend between talent, like Legends talent, and up-and-coming talent. And it showed me the WWE does not have much Legends talent, uh, or excuse me, much current talent in the situation. There's not a lot of guys in this match that could headline a WrestleMania is what I'm getting at, right? So let's go through. We had AJ Styles come out as number one. We had Shinsuke Nakamura come out at number two. All right, both decent wrestlers, both um, could be WrestleMania main eventers, maybe not Nakamura anymore, but he has won a Royal Rumble and went for a title. Uh, we have Austin Theory come out number three. He's Vince McMahon's new protege. Um, some people are saying he is the next John Cena. I haven't seen that quite in Austin Theory, but what I do see is a talent that could be developed if honed and brought along in the right way in a few years. Next is Robert Roode, you know, uh, the Dirty Dogs tag team with Dolph Ziggler. So Robert Root is out. Robert Root is immediately then eliminated by AJ Styles. All right, so at this point, we get number five, Ridge Holland. I had to be like, who is Ridge Holland? Okay, he's a protege of Sheamus. Okay, so this is where the rumble starts annoying me a little bit, right? Because Ridge Holland, to me, is not going to WrestleMania and is not going to win the Royal Rumble. So I'm going to keep track of this. Ridge Holland is one of the characters I did not enjoy in this match. And I did not feel that gave me any, even if I suspend disbelief, did not give me a real take on if Ridge Holland, you know, I could see Vince sitting in his, uh, you know, you know, his little Canterbury blue suit, like in the eighties and like, Ridge, Ridge Holland can win the WWE Championship at WrestleMania, right? No, it's not going to happen. So, I didn't know Vince was here. <laughs> so, basically, Shinsuke Nakamura is eliminated by AJ Styles. Okay, we really didn't think Shinsuke was going to do much. Montez Ford comes in. I'm okay with this entrant. He added a spark to the match, did some high spot moves. It was pretty decent, right? So, I actually, this guy's talented. Um, Damian Priest is at 7. I like Damian Priest. Um, I kind of don't know if they know what they want to do with him, but I do like Damian Priest, and I kind of want to see more of his career. Um, I just think they almost need to go back to the NXT model of him. So we got Sami Zayn at eight. 
Okay, I like seeing Sammy in the Rumble, and Sammy always does a good job. Number nine is Johnny Knoxville. Okay, Johnny Knoxville is here to promote his new movie, Jackass, coming out this Friday. And I didn't hate this spot. Um, it was goofy. It was there for a few seconds. Uh, you were going to have to remember, we're in WrestleMania season. You're going to have to get used to these celebrity situations. So I wasn't hating on the Johnny Knoxville spot. They built a little story of Sami Zayn, and Johnny Knoxville got eliminated very quickly after some interactions. So fair enough, you know. Um, I was kind of hoping he would have done something really stupid to just, you know, kind of get beat up a little bit almost, you know, just for the show. But um, at that point, Sami Zayn is eliminated by AJ Styles. And then we get Angelo Dawkins, Montez's Ford tag team partner with the Street Profits. He comes out. Um, again, no problems with him in the ring. And then out comes Amos, uh, AJ Styles' former bodyguard. He goes on a monster tear, as any big man would. And I believe they said he's seven foot six and 400 pounds. Angelo Dawkins is eliminated by Amos. Montez Ford is eliminated by Amos. And now we get number 12 is Ricochet, right? Ricochet comes in. And, man, the chop from Amos on Ricochet, that thing looked like it hurt. And it hurt bad. Ricochet, I mean, just was all over the place. 13 is Chad Gable. Chad Gable comes in and he says, hey, guys, we need to start battling against this big man. There's more of us than there is him. And he told Damian Priest, you're the other big man. Go at him one-on-one. Priest does that and he gets eliminated by Amos. Number 14 is Dominic Mysterio. Dominic comes in and he doesn't have much offense. Amos is is eliminated then by AJ Styles, Austin Theory, Chad Gable, Dominic Mysterio, Ricochet, and Ridge Holland. All of them guys eliminate Amos, which is the typical big man, you know, over the rope. Number 15 is Happy Corbin. I, again, do not care about the Happy Corbin gimmick. I feel like they've carried, you know, so this was like kind of a wasted entry for me. Uh, but he's happy Corbin's there. Ricochet is eliminated by Happy Corbin and is getting checked on. And it seems that basically, so it looks like it was a pretty rough elimination. Um, Dolph Ziggler's in at number 16. Dominic Mysterio is eliminated by Happy Corbin. So Dominic was not in there a very long time, guys. Austin Theory is eliminated by AJ Styles. AJ Styles is hanging in there as the Iron Man of this match, and he could maybe win it all. 17 is Sheamus. Okay, that's a solid entrance. Ridge Holland is eliminated just before Sheamus gets in there by AJ Styles. And at number 8, or 18, is Rick Boogs. This is another wasted entry from me. I'm just not into this guy, right? Like, and he just, it seems goofy, and there's just a lot of goofy middle card or lower card characters that just don't have a business to be in the rumble okay um if you're over you're over right not everybody has to be a main eventer in this thing but everybody in this thing should have a chance or some sort of believable chance okay to win and i'm not saying there are entertainment entrants that you have to have and i get that but this was kind of boring in the middle and it dragged a lot um at this point so let's see madcap moss is coming in right so gable's eliminated by rick boogs and 19 is Madcap Moss, right? So, again, another guy. So, AJ Styles is eliminated by Madcap Moss. The crowd boos this one for sure. There is no situation where Madcap Moss should be eliminating AJ Styles. AJ Styles is, at this point, probably your only competitor in this ring that actually was qualified to be a WrestleMania main eventer and not these other clowns. AJ Styles is eliminated, of course. At 20, speaking of, kind of, of goofy kind of guys, there's Matt Riddle. People love Matt Riddle. People hate them. Um, I think he's a little goofy for my liking, but I do like Matt Riddle and his MMA background, but it's Riddle. He's he's a likable mascot, as I guess somehow I'm going to put it. Rick Boogs is finally eliminated, thank God, by Happy Corbin. And in is Drew McIntyre. Thank God, because you know Drew McIntyre has issues with Corbin and Madden and Madcap Moss, and Madcap Moss is eliminated by Drew McIntyre, and so is Happy Corbin is gone by McIntyre. McIntyre then continued to will on these two on the outside, using the steel steps as his weapon of choice. So, you know what? I was glad to see Drew come back, and now we have Drew who could actually win this thing, in my opinion. So that's two guys now who could really win this thing and try to tie into the WrestleMania main event. Number 22 is Kevin Owens. All right, you know what? I can live with Kevin Owens winning this thing. I'm totally cool with that. KO has been very loyal to the company. He's been there for years. He was brought in 
you know, with a John Cena feud out of NXT, and he had the great, you know, run with Chris Jericho that helped build up his career. Kevin Owens could be the guy. For some time, uh, for some of the reasons also, Owens and McIntyre are fighting during his entrance. I don't get that, but um, they both go back into the ring. Uh, number 23 is Rey Mysterio. Hey, that's great. Rey Mysterio is a lovable WWE figure, and he is a former Royal Rumble winner and a wrestling Hall of Fame, future Hall of Famer. So, Ray Ray, you're definitely welcome there anytime. And, you know, you, they could make you win if you wanted. Uh, Kofi Kingston is in. I felt so bad for Kofi Kingston. He's eliminated by Kevin Owens, and he botches his first attempt to save himself. Both feet hit the floor, and wow, it was such a downer moment because you could tell the match was not supposed to go that way, but it was so clear that they had to tell him he's eliminated. This threw off the rest of the match for me. And the guys in the ring, you could tell, didn't know what to do after the Kofi moment, right? So it took him a good three or four entrants to recover. Otis comes out. He comes in the ring, nothing big again. Otis, eh, all right, we'll move on. So Big E comes out. Now, I can't stop thinking about Kofi because I'm like, it should have been Kofi and Big E having a crazy moment in this ring. And I can't help but think that maybe there was something that was supposed to be there. Um, 27 is Bad Bunny. I loved Bad Bunny coming back. Bad Bunny had some great moves in the ring. And you can tell this guy, even though he's a celebrity and an artist, you can tell this guy cares about the WrestleMania. He cares about his spot. And he's really into this, right? He's not just kind of taking space and wasting it. Sheamus is eliminated by Bad Bunny in his run. Dolph Ziggler is eliminated by Bad Bunny. Rey Mysterio is eliminated by Otis. After Bad Bunny tried to eliminate him. Number 28 is Shane McMahon. You know, uh, my friends online tonight were saying, you know, it might be fun if Shane McMahon won just so, you know, to even out what his dad won years ago, right? And I did laugh at the idea, but in reality, that's not going to happen, right? Um, Kevin Owens is eliminated by Shane McMahon. There's a shocker because I thought Kevin could have been a possible winner. Number 29, we get Randy Orton. I'm like, okay, here we go. We got Randy Orton. Randy Orton is one of those guys WWE just goes to when they need to feel safe. So, Big E is eliminated by Orton and Riddle, okay? So, and I thought Big E might have been a contender here tonight. Um, you know, I like Big E. I would just like to see him get to that next level, you know, and take that next step. And I just don't know what that is. And if that means they have to get rid of, you know, the New Day from him, maybe that's a route to it. Um, they're starting to change his character a little and his style, and they're not making it as New Day-ish. So I think it's a start for Big E. But, man, they got to do something to kind of help get him to the next level because I do think he could be the main eventer, you know, someday. Otis is eliminated by Randy Orton and Riddle. And then at number 30, we get Brock Lesnar. And we might as well just say that he won, right? So uh, Randy is eliminated by Brock Lesnar. The crowd boos. Bad Bunny's eliminated by Lesnar. Riddle's eliminated by Lesnar. Shane McMahon is eliminated by Lesnar. Drew McIntyre, yep, you guessed it, eliminated by Lesnar. And it seems that this match was pretty much a one-shot deal. So this match seemed like a waste tonight. Um, it was a, one of the most boring Royal Rumble matches I've ever watched, okay? The women's match was great. I loved it. I loved how they did it. This match was so lackluster, and there's a lot of guys I did not believe in. I didn't believe in, and that tells me that WWE is not building characters that I believe can actually amount to anything, let alone main events and champions at Mania. So we really need to take in the next year, and we need to say, okay, who are our next 8 to 10 guys that we're going to rely on running the company with, right? And there's potential, right? I think AJ Styles is a guy. I think Big E could be a guy. Sheamus was supposed to be a guy, but it didn't work out, right? Um, you got your, you know, Austin theories a long ways off, but, you know, there's a possibility. But the WWE's got to find a way to make this happen. So um, this final match really kind of dragged it down for me. And I you know, just want to say I, I don't like the logic that if Brock Lesnar was the WWE champion coming into tonight and he comes out at number 30, he was already had a Royal Rumble spot, so that tells me, yeah, he knew he was going to lose the title and then get in and win the Rumble because he wants to go chase, you know, uh, Roman Reigns. And, I mean, I have no problem with that, but what I would like to see is they're getting lazy. I would like to see the WWE 
actually, you know, maybe show us who that number 30 entrant is and let Brock Lesnar beat him up and take a spot. I can live with something like that. Or let Paul Heyman negotiate, you know, make it one of these smaller guys that we don't care about, like Madcap Moss, and say, hey, we're going to pay you some money and you give your spot to Brock Lesnar. That would make total sense, right? But, you know, you can't just like, it's lazy booking when you just say, oh, well, he had a spot the whole time. He had a number 30 spot. And I just don't think... You know, that is the way that you have to announce those things. You just can't feel like, you know, we suspend our disbelief, as I've mentioned, but you can't just do that and assume that, you know, people, you can't assume people are dumb, right? So insult, don't insult the intelligence of the fans. So um, ultimately, a, I, this is a very forgettable men's rumble match. Um, Brock Lesnar won. Okay, he won his second match now. Um, I don't know what route I would have went this year, you guys. I look, and AJ was looking like my only option just because he needed kind of that major push, and he hasn't done it. But, man, the WWE just doesn't seem to like AJ, right? So, and to think about it, who's going to be the guy that's eventually going to dethrone Roman Reigns, okay? Is it going to be Brock Lesnar? Because I really don't want it to be. I like Brock Lesnar. I'm a huge Brock Lesnar fan. But I don't think Brock should be the one that eliminates Roman Reigns and takes his title and ends his streak. I feel like Roman should win that. And then there's got to be some up-and-coming star that can eventually find Roman's weakness and take it away from him. I feel like Seth Rollins showed that Roman is mentally weak, so you can't beat him physically. you got to beat him mentally until he snaps, right? And that's how you take him out. So, you know, guys, let me know what you thought about it. Um, I talked to a lot of friends tonight. Um, a lot of them predicted this Brock Lesnar, you know, interference that he would lose the title and that he would jump in there. And the WWE on the pregame show actually said the same thing, you guys, that, oh, 20% of our fan base feels that Brock Lesnar is going to win the whole thing. Well, okay, that should have been clue number one to change the ending if you're the WWE. Because now all of a sudden they're figuring out that, you know, the jig is up, so to speak. So um, I didn't want to rant on it too much. Um, I did enjoy the Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns match. I enjoyed um, not the Becky Lynch match. I enjoyed the Women's Rumble match. Those first two matches are the must-watches. And watch the Bobby Lashley match if you want to get the story of the night and kind of see how this Roman story progresses because it's all about Roman tonight. And then watch the last five minutes of the Rumble. If you do that, you will get the idea and the story arc that the WWE put together for us tonight leading into Mania. Um, I will be kind of checking out Raw and everything this week just because it's Mania season. I want to see where this goes and kind of how they're going to shake this out. But, guys, I think that's going to be it for now. It's been a long day and a long night. Um, thank you guys so much, you know, for supporting me like we always do. And I support you guys. So, you know, it's not goodbye around here. It's not good night. It's just... Game over. <laughs>